Hello everyone, welcome to Find The Lit. I'm Jess. I'm Emily. And today we're talking about Stella Gibbons' Cold Comfort Farm. This was my choice mm -hmm. to read this. Um, usually I have a summary prepared, but I don't today. So, <laughs> might have to edit this bit out. So, it was published in 1932, and Stella Gibbons was a, she was an English author. I assume she lived in London. Yeah, I'm assuming so. Actually, no, I think she did live in London, and I think she lived, like, North London. Oh, you know really? when we went to London and went to that, and we saw that George Michael... Highgate. Like, yeah, yeah, I think she lived around oh. there. I think there were a lot of literary people around there. Yeah. So, in summary, the book is about um, a young woman called Flora, and she is an orphan, an orphan, and she is trying to find a relative that she can essentially go and live with. And she's quite, how would you describe her? Like, she's quite precocious. Really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> she she likes propriety. Yeah. And tastefulness and sophistication. Yeah, mm. so she's very in the London kind of in crowd, obviously quite middle class or well off anyway. And she wants to move to go and stay with a relative and basically have that, like, be a kept woman kind of thing. Like, kept woman? Like, as in her relatives will pay for yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. And pay for her life. But she also likes the idea of kind of going into a family and having her influence on it. Yeah, improving everybody in some way. Yeah. So it's kind of... Um, I mean, it's a funny book. On the back it says, very probably the funniest book ever written. Tall order. <laughs> so what <laughs> What were your first impressions? I mean, I, think? I think if it hadn't said that on the back and there was no mention of it being funny, I might not have realised it was supposed to be funny for a long time. Really? I think I was reading it very straight, like... Uh, about like a third of the way through I was like oh everything is supposed to be a joke like you're not really supposed to take the plot seriously you're not supposed to take the character seriously okay so I didn't find it that funny at the beginning <laughs> maybe a bit but it definitely is not the funniest book ever written hmm I don't I haven't read that many funny books though to be I fair I was just trying to but it didn't make me laugh out loud it was like she was just doing the same thing the whole way through. And I laughed out loud definitely a few times. I thought it was really funny, especially at the start. When I first started it, I was like, this is going to be great. I was like, this is going to be really funny. And then I know what you mean. It was the kind of same kind of humour all the way through. Yeah. But I, I found it really entertaining and I really liked it. I did like it once I got into, once I got into the swing of it and realised it was like a parody but I suppose one of the things it says on the back is a parody of it's a hilarious parody of rural melodramas and the woman who writes the afterword talks about that in the context of she was taking the piss out of stuff 
Yeah. And I didn't, I've never read any of the the things that she's parodying. So I kind of got the funny side of it. But I think it might be funnier if you'd have read those and you knew what their plots were like. And yeah, maybe if you were at the time, you you were reading a lot of those because yeah. they were like all the rage. It was Hardy, was Thomas Hardy one of those? I don't know. I think they used him as an example and I've read oh. a couple of his books but I do know what you mean I think that when it's when it's a parody of something it helps to be really familiar with what it's a parody yeah. of but I don't know I think I still found it really funny personally what did you think other than the funness did you enjoy it generally yeah yeah I did enjoy it um I liked how I think it was clever in that it it didn't just take the piss out of the family that she goes to stay with. It wasn't just like I'm taking the piss out of rural simple people. Yeah. Like there was a lot of empathy and in a way it was taking the piss more out of people who would judge them because it was showing their humanity. Yeah. But what I struggle with is just they're not real they're not characters like it's such a parody like they're just not real people they're kind of caricatures yeah and like I just maybe think that's not what I'm interested in when I read a novel yeah I know what you mean you wouldn't read this book for like characterization but I can I can imagine it being like a a really popular British TV series or something where it just follows them around I can just already I can see it and I can hear like the sort of la- like the laughter soundtrack and stuff. Um, I don't know, I found it, I, I love the kind of humour in this book because it's kind of a bit absurd. It reminds me a bit of like Kafka or something, like the way Kafka's funny and I, I that's like right up my street, I love stuff like that. So I did really... I was reading it being like, Jess is going to love this. Yeah. I just knew it. Yeah, I did. And it's like, did you did you actually find Flora annoying? Mm, not really I could probably find her annoying if I met her as a person but no um, I thought she was actually really kind hearted and sweet in her own way I think the whole time because I hadn't got it into my head it's just a parody like nothing bad happens I kept thinking I kept thinking with the plot oh this is going to go really wrong or something really dark's going to happen and then it's like halfway through I just realised like for god's sake no the whole point is that everything goes her way yeah and yeah, it's really yeah. unusually going her way like she manipulates seven or eight family members to all do exactly what she wants and it works perfectly that's the weird thing is you're waiting for it to turn on her yeah, and, and you're waiting for, you're kind of waiting for her to learn her lesson in a way like in terms of like oh she's meddling in people's yeah. lives and like when is it gonna go tits up and she's gonna learn her lesson of like oh i shouldn't be meddling <laughs> meddling so much does. but it never does but um, I realised I didn't actually like go into like what the, I only said the beginning of the plot and not like what actually happens. So she kind of writes letters to like three or four relatives, doesn't she? And like some of them are kind of rich and stuff. Um, and they come back and say, "Oh yeah, you're welcome to come stay with me." But they kind of sound, for whatever reason, like situation she doesn't want to be mm. in. So she ends up going to stay with her relatives who live in rural Sussex. Um, at Cold Comfort Farm and she's obviously this metropolitan kind of um, 
girl who's like used to kind of like going to fancy like parties and restaurants and stuff and she goes to like this farm in the middle of nowhere and yeah essentially just one by one tries to turn around the lives of everyone there and she like transforms the whole farm basically and the whole atmosphere I did like the character Seth. I thought he was really funny. Yeah, the way he yeah, is yeah. described. So on the back cover, he's called Lustful, <laughs> Lustful Seth. They're all her cousins, really, and um, they're all just really unhappy in their own way. And Seth is basically just a really horny guy who <laughs> just sleeps with everyone. <laughs> but it was so dark though, because there's like these kind of weird bits of the story where basically it's the the maid or the cleaning lady just it's like implied that Seth rapes her and she mm. keeps getting pregnant all the time and just having babies and then getting raped again and you're reading and you're like it's sort of funny but it's also really dark I was thinking that as well but I was thinking am I misreading it and it's is it more kind of like she um is like in love with him or something or like is infatuated with him and just keeps going back to him kind of thing even though he's Maybe. just like a I massive mean, there player was a, there was a bit where she literally like tries to run away oh yeah when she sees him and like looks really scared and drops a plate or something <laughs> but then if that's probably parodying something you know like yeah a trope. yeah i i found um the ending really bizarre as well like the very ending when he the, the very ending comes like the and... last few pages mm. kind of gave me the ick well yeah but that's it all works out for her doesn't it like the man she loves comes and gets her and it was proposes. just such a different tone though i think yeah that i was just a bit like oh i wish like i could have just done with just those few pages just not even being in it also the fact he's her cousin doesn't help yeah i always was getting confused about that <laughs> Um, I felt felt like it just all fitted. I was because by that point I was like, it's going to end happily ever after, isn't it? But maybe it's because it doesn't feel like a parody at that point, so maybe you don't mm. like it. It just feels like it's very genuinely like, and she lived happily ever after, rather than making fun of anything. Yeah, I think that's it. I think what I liked about it was how funny it was, and it that just that tone was just dropped at the end of it. And yeah. I was like, mm. Mm. The language was very flowery, wasn't it? Yeah. But not in a way where you couldn't understand what anyone was saying. No. Like, or what she was saying. Um, I liked a lot of the descriptions, actually, and the, the way she kind of paints a picture of the countryside. Yeah, I it thought was it, was, really it was quite beautiful. But it's weird... Like, does your... You've got the same copy as me, yeah. haven't you? Does yours have little stars next to some of the paragraphs? Yeah, I don't know what that means. I think in the um, foreword, there's this letter, My Dear Tony, and it's... I think it's a fake letter, basically. Oh, yeah. From Stella Gibbons, and it says that she's put little stars next to oh. the paragraphs that she thinks are particularly good. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I remember this letter. I forgot about that. Yeah, she's trying to get it published, isn't she? So this is, like, her manuscript. Yeah. And again, but... that that's kind of making fun of people that write over the top. Ah, um, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, I actually know what the bits that I found the most funny were with that guy who who like loves her my bug. Is that his name? Yeah, the academic kind yeah, of guy, yeah. Who fancies her and they go for walks and stuff because it is really funny some of the stuff she says. Like when he's like he's he's like trying to ask her about sex and things and trying to shock her and she's literally not even listening. She's just like looking at the flowers like she does not care, but then she just goes along with him for an easy life yeah it's quite yeah. funny and where he's being like everything around him he tries to relate to sex and like reminds him of sex like the hills reminds him of yeah. like breasts and stuff and he thinks he's being really shocking and she's just really bored yeah that is jokes when you have like that what's in her, what's going through her head and she's just like oh god say and she's just like lumped him in with a whole category of men who like do that and just like talk about sex all the time and she knows exactly what he's doing but that's one of the weird things about her character is she's really um like headstrong mm. but she's also like she's very polite and like way too polite and she'll mm. like say stuff she wouldn't say anything that isn't civilized or, or anything like that so even though she doesn't like him or thinks he's a bit of an idiot or whatever and the whole thing about him naming his book, and when he's and he's writing that book about how Wuthering Heights is <laughs> isn't by was, Emily Bronte. Oh yeah, was written by their brother. Yeah, because it's it's like he thinks he's really sort of progressive and unique, but mm. actually he's just being a kind of he's just being sexist. See, I think that's aged so well. Yeah, because, because there's I still like a whole people like that. Yeah, there's a whole group of men who are still like that. Mm. Yeah. I liked those bits a lot, but maybe that's because I, not that I can relate directly, but that's more of our world in a way. So maybe yeah. I found it funnier. I like one of the funniest bits I thought was actually the beginning when she's with that. And I wish that that character was in it more. The character, her friend, who she's staying yeah. with in London. And like every man is like in love with her and they all have weird names. <laughs> and they're all, they're all travelling. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, those bits were good. Oh, what a name. I, do, I don't know. I was going to say, I read the beginning ages ago. <laughs> I read it longer than the end. <laughs> Long ago. Um, I can't remember. Her, her name's she's got, like, Daisy or something. Her name's Mrs. Smiling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Obviously, I should have realised it was all just a parody with all the names, but... Yeah, it's a hard, in a way, like, it's a hard one to talk about as well, because yeah. it's a hard one to put in context and, like, to talk about its significance in a way, Definitely. or, like, its wider meaning. I mean, like, when I read, I don't think I would have necessarily thought this myself, but when I read the epilogue, or maybe it was something I even read online, actually, it was talking about how the books kind of... Uh, What's the word for, like, when something has, like, a meaning behind it? Meaning. No. <laughs> uh, or, like, the mess... Oh, no, I can't the, think of the word. The underlying message. Yeah. Because it was kind of interesting. It was talking about her, her father, who was a doctor. It was something about, like, that the whole thing is basically making a moral argument about how you should live, or how you shouldn't okay. live. And the the is it the aunt or the person who keeps saying that something happened in the woodshed aunt, aunt ada doom yeah aunt ada doom she, yeah she um 
what's the phrase? She saw something nasty in the woodshed when she was a child, and that's like ruined her life basically. And yeah. that's how she has her hold over the whole family because if they try and do something she doesn't want, she's like, But I saw something nasty in the woodshed, and then she pretends to have like a fit or a yeah. lay down or something. And I think maybe it was about that in terms of like that that's a choice mm-hmm. that that person's making, and they're choosing to live their life like that. It was a bit like pull your socks up. Just yeah, 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 yeah. Scrub yourself down. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I'm not sure what I think of that moral, but it is very kind of like. Well, I, I just interpreted that she maybe she did see something in the woodshed. It didn't actually bother her that much, mm. but it's like become her sort of. Well, for her, it's like a an excuse to not live a full life, but also she kind of wields it as a weapon yeah. to control everyone. It's like manipulative. I think that's the thing. She's using it as an excuse. Whereas obviously, I don't know, it's, it could be, that could be kind of dodgy because but obviously yeah. some st- bad stuff happens to people and it's genuinely bad enough that it does ruin the rest of their life and they're not to blame for it's that. It's like, it's an interesting take on trauma, isn't it? Yeah. And it reminds me of Nexium. Just as a side note, a cult. Because it's like, doesn't matter what happened to you, like the way you feel is your choice. Oh yeah, shit. Yeah, it's all like your reaction yeah. is your responsibility so no matter what happens to you but I think it gets it, it, it ends up being funny in this book because of the repetition it's like there's something nasty in the woodshed that just it's the phrase that's repeated all the time in really absurd like situations and scenarios yeah and then yeah and then ultimately she manages to basically change the woman's life around doesn't she in 24 hours by showing her some like fashion magazines or something like convincing her to go to paris basically yeah. and not wear a corset or wear a corset i don't remember which way around and she has like a new new lease of life <laughs> had you heard that phrase before the thing no the woodshed thing. yeah no but it makes out in the afterword that it's famous maybe our my parents might have heard of it See, i was I, gonna say old people might i don't know i feel like familiar with that i think i have heard yeah. it i had heard it before I but don't I don't know because I've never I've never watched the film or anything. Is there's a, there film. a film? Yeah, there's a film. Oh, I'd love to see that. Yeah, actually. we should watch it. I bet it's so dated yeah. and like probably quite bad. It's probably not funny. Oh god, I just remember another funny bit where the mum is like after Seth gets sent away to become a movie star she's like in her room and she's obviously he was her favourite child or whatever and there's some weird kind of Freudian thing him, going yeah. on there. But like she's got Whereas she used to have all photos of him plastered around her room, when he get goes and becomes a movie star, each photo has a little like curtain, oh, yeah. like a little set of drawstring curtains over it. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, it's so good. I thought it was funny when. So there's like a. Oh, I don't even know what relation he is. <laughs> Sorry, it's not me. Weird. It's the guy who. Um... Oh yeah. By the way, we're in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> The guy who basically looks after the cows and the animals and does all the washing up. Yeah, what relation is he? he? I don't think he's related. I think he's like the servant, but he's been there forever. And Adam. Yeah, Adam. And she wants to buy him like basically just a scrubbing brush to clean the plates because he uses like a twig <laughs> to clean them. <laughs> so then she goes and buys him just a nice scourer thing. And he's like 
he just doesn't use it, does he? Because it's so nice. Yeah. He's just like, wow, like, this is too nice to use to scrum the dishes. <laughs> so he just carries on using a twig. But that's the thing, when she gets there, it's like they're all trying to, it's all, It's like they're trying to make their lives as miserable as yeah. possible. It's like they're putting effort in to make it, like, no one speaks at meals, everyone's just really miserable, like, the whole place is really dark and dingy, yeah. like, he's, um, yeah, scrubbing all the plates with a twig. What did you think about the young girl character, like the teenager? What's her name? Elfin or something, or Elvin? Oh yeah. So that's like one of her young. That's like her youngest cousin, who's actually I think she's a bit older than that. I think she's sixteen or something. She basically just runs around the countryside, loving life. Actually. Yeah, I thought it um, was a bit of a shame. Yeah, and it reminded me of some really dated like, um, what's that? Oh, what's that film that actually uh, probably isn't that dated, but the one where she gets like the makeover <laughs> she's all that no but that but a bit like that but no the one with um oh um, um what's her face in it 10 things i hate about you no 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 <laughs> just <laughs> listing all of the <laughs> well, all the 90s rom the one with anne hathaway it's more modern princess yeah. yeah it's like that because she it's a bit different but it's like she basically just gets a massive makeover and becomes really feminine and then catches the guy and in this the the girl fancies this like lord boy who lives on some posh estate nearby and he really loves her already but then but Mm. then flora's like well you'll never get him unless you like wear dresses and be a lady and stuff he might love her but he can't marry her the way she's not yeah it's not acceptable for him to marry her the way she is and then the her cousin like really likes reading poetry and writing and she's like, You need to stop doing that <laughs> And that's obviously like a parody, isn't it? The whole yeah. thing of like her making her and, and saying which things she's allowed to talk about and yeah. which things she's not allowed to talk about. And it's very much of the kind of like don't seem too smart kind yeah. of thing. Like you need don't to dumb this interesting. Up <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I quite liked her character. But I was like, yeah. Oh, I wanted to stay the way she is. Yeah. This might be a really short episode. How much have we done? <laughs> you can't see the... Oh, God. Oh, hang on. God. No, I think you can change it, though. Don't delete it by accident. That's um, fine. We can um, ease our listeners back in. Well, we need. We still need to talk about the blurb and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, God, I don't know how to... Oh, I reckon it's been about half an hour. Oh, 23 minutes. Oh, my minutes. God. Just... That's actually quite a long time. That's fine, yeah. Our last one was 45 minutes. Yeah, so and there's time. always loads of waffle at the end. I mean, all we've done is basically say which bits were funny. Like, people won't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> when do they ever? No. Also, in our last episode, you haven't listened to it yet. No. But, like, the last half is just us talking about Goodreads. <laughs> <laughs> and finding that guy who you, like... Oh, I followed him on Doug. Goodreads. Yeah, Doug. Did he um, accept your fellow? Yeah, because now if I ever go on Goodreads, it's all Doug's activity. He's is he your only friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's probably your most like he's active. active. Yeah, he's always on there. Yeah, Doug. Well, yeah. So should we read the blurb? Yeah. Unlike most, like unlike modern books, there's actually no. Well, there's one review on it, which is brilliant. Very probably the funniest book ever written. Sunday Times. Do you want to read the blurb? Yeah. When sensible, sophisticated Flora Post is orphaned at 19, she decides her only choice is to descend upon relatives in deepest Sussex. At the aptly named Cold Comfort Farm, she meets the doomed Starkadders, cousin Judith, 
heaving with remorse for unspoken wickedness. Amos, preaching fire and damnation, their sons, lustful Seth and despairing Reuben, and crazed old aunt Ada Doom, who saw something nasty in the woodshed. But Flora loves nothing better than to organise other people and resolves to take each of them in hand. A hilarious parody of rural melodramas, Cold Comfort Farm is one of the best-loved comic novels of all time. That is pretty good blood. Yeah, that is. Rather than me trying to summarise it at the beginning, I should have just read, read that. that. Yeah, that was Killed perfect. Killed two birds with one stone. That just reminded me as well of the the really funny stuff with Amos and like his, oh, his preaching. preaching. And like the whole point is to basically strike terror into like everyone's hearts. Yeah, and he loves it. Oh, <laughs> uh, it is good. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, it was a really, really funny book. Would you recommend it to people? Um, yeah. Only yeah. certain people. I mean, it wouldn't be in my top 50 books that I recommend no. it. But if people, if I thought people liked this kind of thing, then yeah, I can see that it's the top of its... Would you recommend it to, like, Patrick, for example? Would he like it? I don't think he would read it. Do you not? No. No, I don't think he would read it. He's quite particular about what he reads. Yeah. I feel like he's listening. (laughs) (laughs) But, but yeah, like, you know there's, like, so many books in the world to read. I just don't know. I just don't really know... There was something good about it because that blurb is good, but that's what happens on the surface. There is a, there is some depth to it, and it, it was quite moving in a way. Um, and there was some like kind of yeah, there was some interesting like moral points, I suppose. Yeah, I thought it was really clever, and also I thought it was just so different as um, well. Yeah. Like it was a very different voice. I'm glad, yeah, that's why I'm really glad I've read it because I haven't, I don't think I've really read parodies before anyway. Yeah. It is, it's very, I think it's rare that you get a funny book. Like, that you get a book where you, like, laugh out loud. If, um, if they sort of made, like, a TV thing of this now, I feel like it would be, like, the peep show. Not the peep show. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it, I feel like that sort of style, like, peep show humour, they could do it. Oh, it would be so good if, like, they did do a kind of modern take on it. Yeah. The bit where the cows are all losing their... The cows are called, like, despair. Yeah. What are they, what are they called? And they're all losing their legs <laughs> gradually. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, I need to keep... I need to stop, like, naming just, like, random parts. <laughs> the cows are funny. <laughs> It must be the most frustrating thing to listen to. So, do you want to rate it? Should I rate it first? Yeah. I'm going to give it quite a high one. But, this is the thing. I want to give it an 8.5, but that's only two above Lanny. And that just is... Yeah, but Lanny has pushed Do I just need to forget about... Yeah, it's not a comparison rating. You just start fresh every time. If you see what I mean. Yeah. I just have so many regrets about that. We can, look, just re, look, we can change history now. You can re-rate Lanny now. (laughs) On this podcast. Yeah, I want to give Lanny a five now. And I want to give this an eight, an, did I say 8.5? Okay. 
It's really hard. It's like, it's like, yeah, I'm not, if I was just rating it of all the books that I have read and liked, it would be low. But for this kind of book, it's high. So it is difficult. I think I'll give it a six. A six out of ten mm, woodsheds. That's quite high for you. Yeah, it is. I'm happy what with that. What did I give Lanny? Three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pleased with that Brutal. because Lanny annoyed me a lot, made me really angry and just irritated. This didn't, so. I'm glad because I, was, I wasn't quite sure what you were going to make of it. Because it is, it's very different. Yeah. No, it's good it's to... not American for a it's, start. I was going to say, it's not written by American. It's good to be out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Definitely. Out of your cold comfort. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, what are we reading next? Okay, we're reading poetry, in fact. Be taking in some poetry. Um, and I've chosen W.H. Auden... And we're just going to read, what was it? What was it called? Collected, collected Poems. Collected Poems. Well, we haven't bought it yet, but just a collection of his poems. Because he's really famous. I, don't, I think I may have read like one of his poems at some point, but I've never like read his poems in a book or a collection. And I just feel like I need to, really. What's need the real to? reason? <laughs> what do you mean, what's the real reason? <laughs> What that I couldn't that I'd forgotten to choose something. No. Oh, the real reason's financial. Oh. <laughs> also, we'll be able to get his collected poems very cheaply. We can't afford them. My original idea was to read the latest Sally Rooney, but then we realised we'd have to buy a hardback, which is like twenty pounds or something. That is insane. That's so much money. I am going to put myself on the on the reserves list for that at the library oh, but I bet there's you like, won't get it for years no, there's probably like 30 reservations yeah you won't see that in a while if there are any listeners out there who want to buy us something you could buy us the latest Sally Rooney yeah we will accept gifts. anonymous anonymous <laughs> gifts gifts through the post or just money yeah would be fine how would they give us money or a book we need to set up a Patreon are. if we set up a Patreon then the money that people put in, we will spend on new books. Yes. So you won't have to listen to us also, talk about really old books. if you give us money as a Patreon subscriber or a what, can you do one-off on Patreon? I don't know. Yeah, well, you can do that thing where people buy, buy your, coffee. your coffee. But we could do buy us a book. If you want to do that, then you can say what we we should read and then we have to do that within the next 12 months. Oh, okay, yeah. Or it goes in a, in a, in a shortlist anyway. If we got like a hundred people doing that, we can read all of their books. <laughs> yeah, okay, no, that's a good idea. So, okay, am I wrapping it up? Yes, I think so. So, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.